Section two of the Vertical City. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Lisa Reichert. The Vertical City by Fanny Hurst. Section two. She walks in beauty. Part two. None the less, it was with some misgivings and red lights burning high on her cheekbones that Mrs. Samstag, at just after ten that evening, turned the knob of the door that entered into her little sitting room the usual horrific hotel-room of tight green plush upholstery, ornamental portieres on brass rings that grated, and the equidistant French engravings of lavish scroll-work and scroll-frames. But in this case a room redeemed by an upright piano with the green silk-and-gold lace-shaded floor-lamp glowing by, two gilt-framed photographs and a cluster of ivory knick-knacks on the white mantel, a heap of handmade cushions, art editions of the gift poets, and some circulating library novels. A fireside chair, privately owned and drawn up ironically enough beside the gilded radiator, its headrest worn from kindly service to Mrs. Samstag's neuralgic brow. From the nest of cushions in the circle of lamp-glow, Alma sprang up at her mother's entrance. Sure enough, she had been reading. Her cheek was a little flushed and crumpled from where it had been resting in the palm of her hand. Mamma, she said, coming out of the circle of light and switching on the ceiling-bulbs, you stayed down so late. There was a slow prettiness to Alma. It came upon you like a little dawn, palely at first, and then pinkening to a pleasant consciousness that her small face was heart-shaped and clear as an almond, that the pupils of her grey eyes were deep and dark like cisterns, and to young Leo Friedlander, rather apt the comparison too, her mouth was exactly the shape of a small bow that had shot its quiverful of arrows into his heart. And instead of her eighteen, she looked sixteen. There was that kind of timid adolescence about her. And yet when she said, Mamma, you stayed down so late, the bang of a little pistol-shot was back somewhere in her voice. Why, Mr. Latz and I sat and talked. An almost imperceptible nerve was dancing against Mrs. Samstag's right temple. Alma could sense, rather than see, the ridge of pain. "'You're all right, Mamma? "'Yes,' said Mrs. Samstag, and sat down on a divan, its naked greenness relieved by a thrown scarf of black velvet stenciled in gold. "'You shouldn't have remained down so long if your head is hurting,' said her daughter, and quite casually took up her mother's beaded handbag where it had fallen in her lap, but her fingers feeling tightly and furtively, as if for the shape of its contents. "'Stop that,' said Mrs. Samstag, jerking it back, a dull anger in her voice. "'Come to bed, Mamma. If you're in for neuralgia, I'll fix the electric pad.' Suddenly Mrs. Samstag shot out her arm, rather slim-looking in the invariable long sleeve she affected, drawing Alma back toward her by the ribbon-sash of her pretty chiffon frock. "'Alma, be good to Mamma to-night, sweetheart. Be good to her.' The quick suspecting fear that had motivated Miss Samstag's groping along the beaded handbag shot out again in her manner. "'Mamma, you haven't—' "'No, no, don't nag me. It's something else, Alma. Something Mamma's very happy about. "'Mamma, you've broken your promise again.' "'No, no, no, Alma. I've been a good mother to you, haven't I?' "'Yes, Mamma. yes. But what—' "'Whatever else I've been hasn't been my fault. You've always blamed Haman.' "'Mamma, I don't understand.' 
I've caused you worry, Alma, terrible worry, I know that. But everything is changed now. Mamma's going to turn over such a new leaf that everything is going to be happiness in this family. Dearest, if you knew how happy it makes me to hear you say that. Alma, look at me. Mamma, you, you frighten me. You like Lewis Latz, don't you, Alma? Why, yes, Mamma, very much. We can't all be young and handsome like Leo, can we? You mean? I mean that finer and better men than Lewis Latz aren't lying around loose. A man who treated his mother like a queen, and who worked himself up from selling newspapers on the street to a millionaire. Mamma? Yes, baby. He asked me tonight. Come to me, Alma. Stay with me close. He asked me tonight. What? You know. Haven't you seen it coming for weeks? I have. Seen what? Don't make Mamma come out and say it. For years I've been as grieving a widow to a man as a woman could be. But I'm human, Alma, and he asked me tonight. There was a curious pallor came over Miss Samstag's face, as if smeared there by a hand. Asked you what? Alma, it don't mean I'm not true to your father as I was the day I buried him in that blizzard back there. But could you ask for a finer, steadier man than Lewis Latz? It looks out of his face. Mamma, you... what are you saying? Alma? There lay a silence between them that took on the roar of a simoon, and Miss Samstag jumped then from her mother's embrace, her little face stiff with the clench of her mouth. Mamma, you, no, no, oh, Mamma, oh! A quick spout of hysteria seemed to half-strangle Mrs. Samstag, so that she slanted backward, holding her throat. I knew it! My own child against me! Oh, God, why was I born? My own child against me! Mama, you can't marry him. You can't marry anybody. Why can't I marry anybody? Must I be afraid to tell my own child when a good man wants to marry me and give us both a good home? That's my thanks for making my child my first consideration before I accepted him. Mama, you didn't accept him. Darling, you wouldn't do a thing like that. Miss Samstag's voice thickened up then quite frantically into a little scream that knotted in her throat, and she was suddenly so small and stricken, with a gasp for fear she might crumple up where she stood, Mrs. Samstag leaned forward, catching her again by the sash. Alma! It was only for an instant, however. Suddenly Miss Samstag was her coolly firm little self, the bang of authority back in her voice. You can't marry Lewis Latz. Can't I? Watch me. You can't do that to a nice, deserving fellow like him. Do what? That. Then Mrs. Samstag threw up both her hands to her face, rocking in an agony of self-abandon that was rather horrid to behold. Oh, God, why don't you put me out of it all? My misery. I'm a leper to my own child. Oh, Mamma. Yes, a leper. Hold my misfortune against me. Let my neuralgia and Dr. Heyman's prescription to cure it ruin my life. Rob me of what happiness with a good man there is left in it for me. I don't want happiness. Don't expect it. I'm here just to suffer. My daughter will see to that. Oh, I know what is on your mind. You want to make me out something terrible, because Dr. Heyman once taught me how to help myself a little when I'm nearly wild with neuralgia. Those were doctor's orders. 
I'll kill myself before I let you make me out something terrible. I never even knew what it was before the doctor gave his prescription. I'll kill, you hear? Kill myself. She was hoarse. She was tear-splotched so that her lips were slippery with them, and while the ague of her passion shook her, Alma, her own face swept white, and her voice guttered with restraint, took her mother into the cradle of her arms and rocked and hushed her there. "'Mamma, mamma, what are you saying? I'm not blaming you, sweetheart. I blame him, Dr. Heyman, for prescribing it in the beginning. I know you fight. How brave it is. Even when I'm crossest with you, I realize. Alma's fighting with you, dearest, every inch of the way until you're cured, and then maybe some day anything you want. But not now. Mamma, you wouldn't marry Louis Latz now.' i would he's my cure a good home with a good man and money enough to travel and forget myself alma mamma knows she's not an angel sometimes when she thinks what she's put her little girl through this last year she just wants to go out on the hilltop where she caught the neuralgia and lie down beside that grave out there and-mamma don't talk like that but now's my chance alma to get well i've too much worry in this big hotel trying to keep up big expenses on little money and-i know it mamma that's why i'm so in favour of finding ourselves a sweet tiny little apartment with kitch no your father died with the world thinking him a rich man and they will never find out from me that he wasn't i won't be the one to humiliate his memory a man who enjoyed keeping up appearances the way he did oh alma alma i'm going to get well now i promise so help me god if i ever give in to it again mamma please for god's sake you've said the same thing so often only to break your promise i've been weak alma i don't deny it but nobody who hasn't been tortured as i have can realize what it means to get relief just by mamma you're not playing fair this minute that's the frightening part it isn't only the neuralgia any more it's just desire that's what's so terrible to me mamma the way you have been taking it these last months just from desire mrs samstag buried her face shuddering down into her hands oh god my own child against me no mamma my sweetheart nobody knows better than i do how sweet and good you are when you are away from it we'll fight it together and win i'm not afraid it's been worse this last month because you've been nervous dear i understand now you see i-i didn't dream of you and louis latz we'll forget we'll take a little two-room apartment of our own darling and get your mind on housekeeping and i'll take up stenography or social sir what good am i anyway no good in my own way in my child's way a young man like leo friedlander crazy to propose and my child can't let him come to the point because she is afraid to leave her mother oh i know i know more than you think i do ruining your life that's what i am and mine too tears now ran in hot cascades down alma's cheeks why mamma as if i cared about anything just so you get well i know i know the way you tremble when he telephones and colour up when he mamma how can you i know what i've done ruined my baby's life and now no then help me alma lewis wants me for his happiness i want him for mine nothing will cure me like having a good man to live up to 
the minute i find myself getting the craving for it don't you see baby fear that a good husband like lewis could find out such a thing about me would hold me back see alma that's a wrong basis to start married life on i'm a woman who needs a man to baby her alma that's the cure for me not to let me would be the same as to kill me i've been a bad weak woman alma to be so afraid that maybe leo friedlander would steal you away from me we'll make it a double wedding baby mamma mamma i'll never leave you all right then so you won't think your new father and me want to get rid of you the first thing we'll pick out in our new home he said it himself tonight is alma's room i tell you it's wrong it's wrong the rest with leo can come later after i've proved to you for a little while that i'm cured alma don't cry it's my cure just think a good man a beautiful home to take my mind off worry he said to-night he wants to spend a fortune if necessary to cure my neuralgia oh mamma mamma if it were only that alma if i promise on my my life i never felt the craving so little as i do now you've said that before and before but never with such a wonderful reason it's the beginning of a new life i know it i'm cured mamma if i thought you meant it i do alma look at me this very minute i've a real jumping case of neuralgia but i wouldn't have anything for it except the electric pad i feel fine strong alma the bad times with me are over oh mamma mamma how i pray you're right you'll thank god for the day that lewis latz proposed to me why i'd rather cut off my right hand than marry a man who could ever live to learn such a thing about me but it's not fair we'll have to explain to him dear that we hope you're cured now but if you do if you do i'll kill myself i won't live to bear that you don't want me to be cured you want to get rid of me to degrade me until i kill myself if i was ever anything else than what i am now to lewis latz anything but his ideal alma you won't tell kill me but don't tell don't tell why you know i wouldn't sweetheart if it is so terrible to you never say it again never as if it hasn't been terrible enough that you should have to know but it's over alma your bad times with me are finished i'm cured there were no words that miss samstag could force through the choke of her tears so she sat cheek to her mother's cheek the trembling she could no longer control racing through her like a chill oh how i hope so i know so but wait a little while mamma just a year no no a few months no he wants it soon the sooner the better at our age alma mamma's cured what happiness kiss me darling so help me god to keep my promises to you cured alma cured and so in the end with a smile on her lips that belied almost to herself the little run of fear through her heart alma's last kiss to her mother that night was the long one of felicitation and because love even the talk of it is so gamey on the lips of woman to woman they lay in bed heartbeat to heartbeat the electric pad under her pillow warmed to the hurt of mrs samstag's brow and talked these two deep into the stillness of the hotel night i'm going to be the best wife to him alma 
you see the woman that marries lewis has to measure up to the grand ideas of her he got from his mother you were a good wife once mamma you'll be it again that's another reason alma it means my cure living up to the ideas of a good man mamma mamma you can't backslide now ever my little baby who's helped me through such bad times it's your turn now alma to be carefree like other girls i'll never leave you mamma even if he lats shouldn't want me he will darling and does those were his words a room for alma i'll never leave you you will much as lewis and i want you with us every minute we won't stand in your way that's another reason i'm so happy alma i'm not alone any more now leo's so crazy over you just waiting for the chance to pop Shh! don't tremble so darling mamma knows he told mrs gronauer last night when she was joking him to buy a ten-dollar carnation for the convalescent home bazaar but that he would only take one if it was white because little white flowers reminded him of alma samstag oh mamma say it is as plain as the nose on your face he can't keep his eyes off you he sells goods to dr gronauer's clinic and he says the same thing about him it makes me so happy alma to think you won't have to hold him off any more i'll never leave you never nevertheless she was the first to drop off to sleep pink there in the dark with the secret of her blushes then for mrs samstag the travail set in lying there with her raging head tossing this way and that on the heated pillow she heard with cruel awareness the minutiae all the faint but clarified noises that can make a night seem so long the distant click of the elevator depositing a night-hawk a plong of the bed-spring somebody's cough a train's shriek the jerk of plumbing a window being raised that creak which lies hidden in every darkness like a mysterious knee-joint by three o'clock she was a quivering victim to these petty concepts and her pillow so explored that not a spot but was rumpled to the aching lay of her cheek once alma as a rule supersensitive to her mother's slightest unrest floated up for the moment out of her young sleep but she was very drowsy and very tired and dream tides were almost carrying her back as she said mamma you all right simulating sleep mrs samstag lay tense until her daughter's breathing resumed its light cadence then at four o'clock the kind of nervousness that mrs samstag had learned to fear began to roll over her in waves locking her throat and curling her toes and fingers and her tongue up dry against the roof of her mouth she must concentrate now must steer her mind away from the craving now then west end lewis liked the apartments there luxurious quiet residential circassian walnut or mahogany dining-room alma should decide a baby grand piano later to be alma's engagement gift from mamma and papa no mamma and lewis better so how her neck and her shoulder-blade and now her elbow were flaming with the pain she cried a little quite silently and tried a poor futile scheme for easing her head in the crotch of her elbow now then she must knit lewis some neckties the silk sweater stitch would do married in a travelling suit one of those smart dark blue twills like mrs gronauer's juniors top-coat sable 
Lewis hair thinning. Tonic. Oh, God, let me sleep. Please, God. The wheeze rising in her closed throat. That little threatening desire that must not shape itself. It darted with the hither and thither of a bee bumbling against a garden wall. No. No. Oh, the vast chills of nervousness. The flaming, the craving chills of desire. Just this last giving in. This one. To be rested and fresh for him tomorrow. Then never again. The little beaded handbag. Oh, God, help me. That burning ache to rest and to uncurl of nervousness. All the thousand, thousand little pores of her body, screaming each one to be placated. They hurt the entire surface of her. That great storm at sea in her head. The crackle of lightning down that arm. Let me see. Circassian walnut, baby grand. The pores demanding, crying, shrieking. Then it was that Carrie Samstag, even in her lovely pink nightdress, a crone with pain, and the cables out dreadfully in her neck, began by infinitesimal processes to swing herself gently to the side of the bed, unrelaxed inch by unrelaxed inch, softly and with the cunning born of travail. It was actually a matter of fifteen minutes, that breathless swing toward the floor, the mattress rising after her with scarcely a whisper, and her two bare feet landing patly into the pale blue room slippers there beside the bed. Then her bag, the beaded one on the end of the divan, the slow, taut feeling for it, and the floor that creaked twice, starting the sweat out over her. It was finally, after more tortuous saving of floor creaks and the interminable opening and closing of a door, that Carrie Samstag, the beaded bag in her hand, found herself face to face with herself in the mirror of the bathroom medicine chest. She was shuddering with one of the hot chills, the needle and little glass pistons out of the handbag, and with a dry little insuck of breath, pinching up little areas of flesh from her arm, bent on a good firm perch, as it were. There was undeniable pockmarks on Mrs. Samstag's right forearm, Invariably it sickened her to see them. Little graves. Oh, oh, little graves. For Alma. Herself. And now Louis. Just once. Just one more little grave. And Alma. Answering her somewhere down in her heartbeats. No, mamma. No, mamma. No. 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 But all the little pores gaping. Mouths. The pinching up of the skin. Here, this little clean and white area. No, mamma, no, mamma, no, no, no. Just once, darling. Oh, oh, little graves for Alma and Louis. No, no, no. Somehow, some way, with all the little mouths still parched and gaping, and the clean and quite white area unblemished, Mrs. Samstag found her way back to bed. She was in a drench of sweat when she got there, and the conflagration of neuralgia, curiously enough, was now roaring in her ears, so that it seemed to her she could hear her pain. Her daughter lay asleep with her face to the wall, her flowing hair spread in a fan against the pillow, and her body curled up cosily. The remaining hours of the night, in a kind of waking faint she could never find the words to describe, 
Mrs. Samstag, with that dreadful dew of her sweat constantly out of her, lay with her twisted lips to the faint perfume of that fan of Alma's flowing hair, her toes curling in and out, out and in. Toward morning she slept, actually sweetly and deeply, as if she could never have done with deep draughts of it. She awoke to the brief patch of sunlight that smiled into their apartment for about eight minutes of each forenoon. Alma was at the pretty chore of lifting the trays from a hamper of roses. She placed a shower of them on her mother's coverlet with a kiss, a deeper and dearer one, somehow, this morning. There was a card, and Mrs. Samstag read it and laughed. "'Good morning, Carrie. Lewis.' They seemed to her, poor dear, these roses, to be pink with the glory of the coming of the dawn. End of She Walks in Beauty Part 2